0: And welcome to another episode of the MedTech Matters Podcast, where we learn about someone impacting the medical device industry. I'm Sean Fesky, editor in chief of MPO and host of the podcast. Today we're speaking with Linnea Berman, Vice President and General Manager, Enabling Technologies, Cranial and Spinal Technologies at Medtronic. Thanks for joining us today, Linnea.
1: Well, thank you, Sean. Happy New Year to you. I'm happy to be here and look forward to the conversation.
0: Great. And happy New Year to you as well. so Thank you. let's let's start with a little a little bit of a look back. Um, when Medtronic made significant news when they made uh, it was a couple of years ago when they purchased Mazur. Uh, what's the latest with that, and you know Medtronic's robotic surgical technology?
1: Sure, yep. Um, so Sean, as you noted, it's been a couple of years since we closed the acquisition of Mazur Robotics. And that was really built on the commercial partnership that we previously had in place. And so a lot has developed since then. Um, Some of the things that I would note are the number of surgeons using spinal robotics continues to climb. I would say the depth of experience that surgeons have with the technology continues to grow. And then we're really proud to continue to advance the capabilities of the system. So that was recently highlighted with the announcement that we made at the close of the year about the clearance, uh, FDA clearance of two new capabilities. And so, the first one, I'll, I'll just break them down a little bit. Um, sure. The first one is, uh, you know, we previously pioneered the ability to navigate the placement of spinal bodies through our stealth station navigation system. And now we have that same capability uh, added to Mazur. And so that was the first part of the announcement. And then the second part that we're really excited about, and it's really distinct, is the integration of our Midas-REx drill, drill system into the Mazor platform as well. So Midas-REx is really uh, a loved tool in operating units around the world, um, and so this integration nicely complements the precision of the Mazor robotic system as well. So we're pretty excited about these developments and, and just love the momentum that we're seeing in this market.
0: And how does, how does the use of the robot compare to, um, you know, basically just a, a surgeon uh, going in just, you know, I, I really don't know how all the all the uh, medical aspects of it, but, you know, a surgeon basically going in and by hand, you know, uh, inserting and implanting uh, an implant in the spinal column, how does it compare to that process versus the... I mean, the accuracy has to be tremendously improved.
1: That's right. So we're really focused on... So... Fine surgeons are incredible with their hands and um, know that a lot of great work can be done and patient outcomes um, can be exceptional um, through freehand surgery. Um, When we look at robotics, we get really excited because of the accuracy and precision. So you're right on uh, with that understanding. We really study the workflow to make sure that we're uh, inserting robotics into the workflow where it can add the value. And so um, we started with the accuracy around placements of pedicle screws, um, which you'd also really achieve through the stealth station. And now, um, with Mazor integrating uh, the placement of these inner bodies as well as Midas Rex, we're just kind of covering more of the procedure and more of that workflow uh, with that precision and capability of the robot.
0: Yeah, I would imagine, as you said, I mean, thank goodness those surgeons are, are as skilled as they are and, uh, you know, tremendous work that they do, of course, um, but they have to just, they must appreciate. Uh, at least I would hope that they would appreciate the the additional uh capabilities that a robotic system like the like the Missouri system would provide to them i mean that's just enhances what they're able to do um you know and and eases uh uh fatigue you know thing just things like that
1: mhm mhm- and they try to fit a lot in a day, so you're right on the fatigue side over time we'd love to see uh some efficiency gains and um potentially some savings to the healthcare system as well.
0: So, can you speak to a little bit about what, you know, what made, uh, as you said, Medtronic had an agreement with Missouri. There was already a business arrangement. But what yeah. was it about the Missouri system that really made it an attractive acquisition target to Medtronic?
1: Right. So, you know, as a leader in spine care, we've seen some great advancements over the years. We think about kind of how instrumentation has changed, materials, uh, material science, uh, and, of course, our enabling technologies. And as we continue to build out our vision for transforming spine care um, by making patient outcomes more predictable, as I mentioned, saving OR time and healthcare dollars, it became clear that while we have a leading ecosystem for cranial and spinal surgery, we were missing a key component, and that was a robot. Um, and as we look at how to really transform and improve outcomes and the predictability over time, um, we think the robot will play an important part in that. So we've been following Mazor for many years, and as I mentioned, we had the uh, commercial partnership, and so we really felt like this was the best fit uh, in our ecosystem, Um, and so um, just felt really good that this was the match that we were seeking. Um, As I mentioned before, um, surgeons can do a lot with freehand procedures, but the precision of a robot coupled with the surgical planning capabilities and the ability to maneuver in very small spaces um, and how it complements the rest of the ecosystem just gives this platform a really long runway um, in, in, towards that vision of transforming spine care. The other thing I'll say is that over the past, oh, eight years, 10 years, even more, we have been really interested in how our broader portfolio fits together. So, as I mentioned, being a leader in spine and also having this incredible enabling technologies portfolio, there is a synergy there that is pretty magical and we just needed to untap it. So we've really been, over time, bringing these uh, parts of our organization and our technology closer and closer together. Um, So with the acquisition of Mazor, and as we've continued to build momentum around that, we also brought um, two parts of our organization together, and so we Mm -hmm. recently combined um, our spine organization with the enabling technologies business into one, and so it's now uh, cranial and spinal technologies um, all together, and that just allows us to work even more seamlessly than before. And do you
0: find, I mean, you know, uh, as, you, as you know, the industry, there is a movement towards value-based healthcare care rather than uh, fee-for-service. Um, mm-hmm. Does this sort of complement that where Medtronic is able to better provide service technology to hospitals, surgeons, with a more uh, comprehensive offering as opposed to, hey, here's our robot, here's what it does, you know, use it and, and pay us, and, and that's kind of it, whereas you're combining things and finding synergies. Does that seem to complement that strategy?
1: Absolutely. Right on, Sean. So um, you probably remember that when Omar walked into the organization, that he started uh, with uh, really a vision toward value-based healthcare, and Medtronic has been focused on that for a long time. I think we are probably out in front of the readiness of of healthcare in general to get as far as we want it to go, um, but certainly Mizar and our vision around transforming sp- spine care fits right into that um, that appreciation and and drive towards value-based healthcare.
0: Yeah, and that uh, and and uh, as as I'm sure you're aware, you know probably not as intimately, but you know that certainly reflects Medtronic's uh, seems to seems to be Medtronic's uh, driving. Force in other areas as well that it's involved in such as diabetes and you know other areas of the of the uh, company it's such a, a large firm that you know there's there's so many, um, but sticking with sticking with robotic surgery, uh, mm-hmm. so as you indicated, Mazur is is indicated for orthopedic you know specifically spine, um, and there's been you know kind of some talk of Medtronic having uh, initiatives on a soft tissue robotic surgical solution. Are you able to speak to that at all and, and kind of give some, any sort of insight into that?
1: Yeah, so that's, um, it, that's located in another uh, business called uh, Surgical Robotics, led by great leader, Megan Rosengarten, and uh, the team around her. Uh, certainly, they're working on uh, exciting product that I know they're eager to bring to market. But I can speak kind of to the broader interest in robotics, across Medtronic Mm -hmm. and why we have more than one program. So, um, as I was mentioning, um, you know, with Omar's strategic direction um, and Jeff plugging into that when he was leading the restorative therapies group and now stepping into the CEO role, um, Jeff is is very enthusiastic about robotics because, as we mentioned, the way it it takes us toward value-based healthcare, but also transforming spine care where we think there's just, uh, as I mentioned, a long runway. But what's common about that with other opportunities in robotics is where we have procedures where there is variability around the procedure or opportunities to continue to improve outcomes for patients, Um, those are areas where robotics might help us achieve those goals. And so um, we see that opportunity not only on the spine side, but also around soft tissue indications and applications. And so that's why we have a a couple of of programs um, in robotics. Great. Um,
0: And this goes back to the Mazur as well as, you know, soft tissue robotic programs, whatever it is. Um, It's the, you know, what's really uh, an interesting driving force within that, that space is the the incorporation of AI and machine learning and kind of, you know, the data and getting, getting uh, the assistance through, uh, AI uh, for digital healthcare, digital surgery—you um, know, whatever brand name companies put on it. How is is, or I should say, is Medtronic leveraging and exploring that realm of the robotic surgery space? And if so, how are you, you know, using it?
1: Absolutely. So we're really interested in how uh, the combination of data and AI will really accelerate the, each of these phases at uh, a, just a whole new pace. I think um, there's been a lot of ev- evidence collection to help improve our learning around procedures, and um, data just takes that to a whole new level, A, by making sure that we're capturing real-world world experiences, but often um, also across a broader number of centers to make sure that we can drive towards um, increased repeatability and improved outcomes. So we're definitely looking at data and AI to help and applying that to our, our thoughts around robotics, um, because we really believe that these are systems and platforms that can get smarter over time, and, and that's the direction that we'd love to go. I've,
0: I've, I've, you know, kind of jokingly uh, uh, said to said to people with regard to robotic surgery, you know, we're at the very. Early, you know, I mean, it's it's truly for as advanced as it is, we're at its infancy. And I've I've kind of you know, tongue in cheek, asked people, uh, at what point do we get to uh, physician-assisted uh, robotic surgery as opposed to robotic-assisted, you know, surgery? Um, you know, when no one's looking to to displace uh, uh, surgeons. I mean. By by any means, no one's no one's looking to do that. But is there an element to what's happening in the robotic surgery space where do you foresee that more tasks will be handed over to the to the robot as opposed to you know being primarily the physician? Um, you know, and it may remain primarily, but will there be an opportunity where more tasks within the procedure are are turned over to the surgeon? or to the robot? I'm sorry.
1: You know, I think if we take a a corollary and think about some of the features that have been added to cars over time, um, we augment the driver. And I I think about it in a similar way to the surgeon. So just how do we surround them with more information to add to their skill set? And so we do think that we can, can support more of the procedure through additional capabilities over time. So we will look toward automation where it makes sense, um but, as you mentioned, never want to take the surgeon out of the equation
0: no and I, and I quite honestly i don't think patients would ever would ever really go for that um but your your car analogy is actually fantastic it's it's easily the the best uh comparison i've i've heard um so that's 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 a great great comparison um you know, this this my next question may get a little bit into the weeds on the, on the engineering side, so this may not be your area, but uh, I, I just want to speak to it, you know, at, at whatever level you're comfortable answering. But that is, you know, as as you're well aware, uh, Mazur has several competitors. There's there's you know large joint robots out there in the orthopedic space. The orthopedic space seems to be almost leading Da Vinci aside the orthopedic space seems to be leading in the, the, you know, the the drive for robotic surgery. Can you speak to anything about, you know, that area, that soft tissue robots, why they seem to lag behind a little bit in development? You know, why, what, what, what the difference is or why that is, why the soft tissue space seems to lag behind orthopedics in terms of, you know, number of robotic offerings?
1: You know, it's a really good question, and, and you're right, it's not my area of expertise, but I can offer you a couple of um, maybe comparisons the, between the two um, that might be helpful. Um, sure. One is, you know, on the orthopedic side, especially around large joints, there's some very refined procedures that I think were ready to um, lend themselves to a robotic-assisted surgery. Um so where you have kind of a common approach around a surgical procedure, um, that can help a space go fast, I think. So I think we've seen that in large joints. There's other things around the technology that are important to note and maybe compare. Um, on the teleoperated robot side for uh, soft tissue, the number of arms is greater. Um, and so I okay. think that's a complexity that is, that is um, you know, more than we see on the ortho side today. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly the the number of joints within the arms uh looks different in a teleoperated robot. I think the number of procedures that you have to design a platform for is greater as well. Um, so those are some of the reasons why I think we see that difference.
0: Yeah, it's it's a lot of a lot of good considerations. Um So, you know, before we wrap up, I I do want to ask one question. I don't want you to get in trouble with the Medtronic police or, you know, uh, the communications department, but I have to ask, you know, I mean, you know, it's it's all, you know, Medtronic's obviously a leader in the industry. You know, it's undeniable. Um, So without giving away secrets, state secrets, where where do you see robotic surgery headed what's you know what what could we look forward to maybe in 2021 maybe in a in a few years yeah
1: so uh i i just I want to underscore how excited Medtronic is about robotics overall, and we just see great potential in this space. So I think we've hit on the themes without revealing specific. Uh, We've hit on a number of the themes that I think we'll see emerge as we go through the next few years. Uh, Certainly, we talked about increasing automation, really getting the full benefits out of accuracy, precision, fidelity, um, as we continue to expand the number of systems out there. Um, And then we talked about the use of data and AI to continue to uh, help the systems get smarter over time and ultimately with the goal of continuing to provide very predictable outcomes for patients um, over, um, sorry, decreasing cost to the healthcare system and uh, increasing efficiency in the operating room. So those are the the big goals.
0: Yeah, and certainly, I mean, just just to emphasize that, The the taking cost out or at least not increasing cost is a huge uh, uh, hurdle and continues to be so. So anyone that's that's helping with that effort is certainly going to be well received, whether it be robotic surgery or diabetes or any of the other areas that Medtronic is involved in. but unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this episode of MedTech Matters. Uh, I'd like to thank my guest, Linnea Berman of Medtronic, for her insights and uh, you know, sharing her thoughts. Uh, and I'd like to thank you, the listener. So until next time, this has been Sean Fenske, Editor-in-Chief of MPO, saying thanks for listening.